0: Good Saturday afternoon, everyone. Today is uh, September 3rd. So we're going to get to October, November, and then Christmas. See, tell you what. Well, thank you everyone for joining us for the Accessibility Corner here on Facebook and Twitter. And by the way, today we'll be talking to Ms. Bonnie Perez Ramirez from the PIM Project and, of course, our co-host, Mr. Jesus Bautista. And if you want to get more information on the PIM Project, go to our website, which is www. The accessibility com and uh, Miss Bonnie's information or the pin project will be on the uh, it's set by numbers by alphabetically, so it's always towards the end of the page of this of the web page. But oh, uh, how are you doing today, Miss Bonnie?
1: I'm doing great, Mr. George. How are you?
0: Ah, so not too bad, not too bad. You, Mr. Bautista, I'm here. <laughs> He's here, yeah, <laughs> and so um. So me, me and Ms. Bonnie known each other for many, many years. I consider her a real close, close friend. almost like a sister. A sister from another... How Mister. can you say that? You? <laughs> <Another sister. laughs> but anyway, uh, well, Ms. Bonnie, can you just let people know about yourself, please?
1: Of course. My name is Bonnie Perez Ramirez, and um, I'm the mother of three kiddos. Well, they're already... They're not kids anymore. They're my babies, but... Um, I have a 22-year-old daughter, a 20-year-old daughter, and I have a 15-year-old son um, who is on the autism spectrum. Um, that is my primary job, being a, a mama to Jay, Brianna, and Julian. And I am also the director for Partners Resource Network's Penn Project.
0: So, Ms. Vimy, uh, mean, uh, 22 years old, really? I know that. Yeah,
1: Jay, she, actually, she's going
2: to be
0: 23 this year in December. Wow. Anyway, uh, Mr. <laughs> Bautista. Yes, sir. How you doing, sir? Can you just tell people about yourself, sir?
2: Uh, yes, my name is Jesus. And that's all you need to know because otherwise I have to. If I give you any more information, you're going to think that I am <laughs> Right. Uh, Mr. No. Bautista. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm a retired teacher. I have 32 years of teaching. Special education, all areas of special ed, and um, I uh, coached wrestling, you know, in, in high schools, and have three three sons, all three state champions, and I have a lovely, uh, wonderful wife who puts up with me, and that's about all I can tell you about me.
0: You've been a ticket for thirty-two years, or you worked? That's right, you were. That's right, thirty-two that years. Yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So, Ms. Bonnie, uh, so want to just talk about the PIN project and what um what type of services it provides but more importantly um is the pimp project that's is that statewide or is that just here in a puzzle?
1: Actually, um the way I explain it to people is we have a parent company that actually manages the the projects here in Texas. Um it's called the uh, Partners Resource Network. And it, that's the actual nonprofit agency that operates um, the statewide network of PTIs, which is Parent Training and Information Centers. In mm. Texas, we have four. But in every state of the United States and including uh, the Virgin Islands and Puerto, Puerto Rico, Rico there's, uh, there's a Parent Training and Information Center, at least one. In Texas, we have four. And the Penn Project Um, covers um, West Texas. Um, We divide our regions by the same way that the ESC regions are divided, which are 20 in total for Texas. And ESCs are education service centers. And that's how we have it set up in the state. And so the Penn project covers um, ESC regions nine, which is Wichita Falls, twelve, which is Waco and surrounding areas, and fourteen through nineteen, which are Abilene, San Angelo, Amarillo, Lubbock, Midland, Odessa, and El Paso. So we That's a big area. The
0: Project, wow!
1: The Penn Project serves um, one hundred about one hundred and twenty-two counties.
2: how long has this um, uh, have this services been available?
1: Partners Resource Network came to be in in 1986. Um, Yeah, and and the Penn Project became its own, like the UP became a project in 2003. Um, I've been with the Penn Project since 2013, first as a regional coordinator serving only the El Paso and Hudspeth counties, and then uh, in 2017 i uh, became i became director you know to oversee the entire project
2: and um you but- spread out the information uh, to the parents cuz you know I, I i um i wasn't familiar with this pro- program at all and i was oh
1: i, I hear that all the time <laughs> but um so uh, about the services and, um, you know, what we do and, and who we serve. Um, we serve parents of children and youth with disabilities from 0 to 26 years of age. And then we also uh, serve youth with disabilities ages 14 to 26. Um, all of the parent training and information centers are funded through the U.S. Department of Education. Office of Special Education Programs, and um, and then our mission as a whole for, for PRN is to empower and support Texas families and individuals impacted by disabilities or special healthcare needs. Our primary focus is helping parents, trying to be that bridge between parents and school regarding IDEA, the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, mm-hmm. and helping parents understand their role, their rights, and how to be an effective advocate for their children while they're in public
0: school. The, now, okay. the, the process for that, now me and Mr. Bautista were talking before the show, Ms. Bonnie. Now, if he's been out of it for 10 years and I've it's been a long time since i've been in school is the ard still being used is that still uh
1: oh yes yeah yeah, that's that's a federal law um in other most other states we they call it the iep team meeting here in texas texas got to be different so you know it's a an ard committee meeting and ard stands for admission review and dismissal and so of us here at the Penn Project, one one of the services that we provide is um, consultations with parents to go over their IEPs if they have any questions or aren't sure what something means. Um, we also att- we try to attend um, the ARD meetings with the parents as a support.
2: Um, How know, to- <laughs> much participation do you... Um- are you allowed to or you you know you're involved in with the uh the ard
1: well i try to be as engaged as possible um i see it as a conversation between team members each ard committee is a team that is that their primary focus is that particular student you know that they're talking about during that meeting and so um I'm there to to create conversations with parents between parents and school personnel. Uh, I know that for a very long time, and I'm still to this day, ARD committee meetings are seen as something where you have to go and fight. Um, and so, when parents have that type of mindset going into that meeting, you, there's going to be a breakdown. Um, and so, I try to work with parents on you know the communication skills and preparing mindset before going to these meetings Um, because you
2: you spend some time uh educating the parent as to what needs to be said or can be said at the at the ard meeting yes
1: and that's something that that i really emphasize with my staff because the regional coordinators are the ones that go to ard meetings with parents i've i've uh, my my involvement in ARDs has, you know, uh, diminished due to my other duties, right? And yeah. so um, I do emphasize with my staff that sitting down with the parent before an ARD meeting is uh, it's a uh, it's mandatory. We don't go to ARD meetings uh, without discussing with parent their concerns and another thing that i encourage my staff to do with these parents is to write down their list of concerns their questions um and sort of create uh like an agenda mm-hmm. for the meeting and that way the parent feels heard and you know that they receive they get answers to what what is on their mind or what their concerns are at that time
2: because because when I was um, teaching of course uh, the teacher the is is, uh, is the coordinator of the meeting or he's a, he or her they're, they're responsible for running the, the meeting but what, what con- used to concern me was that the parents um, didn't have that knowledge that you know they, they would just come in and and most of them would just sit there and listen and then, and the teachers as well because the regular teachers or the the you know, um, are not any better off than the parent, really? If you want to know the truth, so it was very difficult because you're trying to encourage the, the, the participation of the parent, and 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 in some cases try to encourage them to demand certain things, like for example, um, with, blind students require uh, expensive um, equipment, a computer with jaws, or or they you know a, a talking. Um, uh, you know, a machine, and the, the the diagnostician would come in and tell the teachers, "Don't recommend that it because it's expensive and the district doesn't kind of won't spend the money." And and so, the you know, I would I would always try to get the parent, you know, to to, to demand that you know, because mm-hmm. it's you know, I being blind or vision impaired, I wasn't about to let somebody tell me oh, you can't we you know we can't give you what you need. Uh, that's what the committee is there for, you know. The, and um, I wonder if you know if you guys ever have have to to deal with that. Because I know I tell you the diagnosticians are told by the superintendents. We cannot spend that money, you know. Not don't so don't don't even suggest that, that for them to get uh, uh, computers with jaws. But they sure do put in uh, football fields, you know, for the for the for the for the football team, you know.
1: Yeah, and, the, and one of the things that, that um, is really important for me when I speak with parents or when I do presentations is to tell parents um, the procedural safeguards. It's like a, the rights in a nutshell. And those are received at, at ARD meetings, but parents um, generally, they don't read them. And right. so um, that's one of the big questions that I ask is, have you read your procedural safeguards? Um, yeah. Because look, when parents go to these meetings, there is a document that they are asked to sign that mm-hmm. they received their procedural safeguards. But yeah. there, there's a, a little um, thing in there as well that doesn't get explained is that you are signing that you received this document and you understand it
2: completely yeah
1: and so um the the procedural safeguards are so important because it can tell it tells you what to do if you are in disagreement so let's say there's a student that needs jaws or that needs uh, uh, a device for speaking you know um And so there are steps that need to be taken in order to, you know, to take it up the chain of command. Yes. Another thing is keeping everything in writing. If it's not in writing, it didn't happen. And so following up with emails follow and, you know, including everyone in the ARD committee. Uh, But there are steps that need to be taken um, before you go up to that level of due process you know, when, which involves legal action and things like that. Um, And so I, we try to give parents the tools to keep the documentation, to have a paper trail, uh, to have documentation from medical providers, you know, so that it's all together. And should they have to go up that chain of command where legal action is to be taken? Yeah um then we we have the parents have proof of the attempts at communication attempts at you know um, getting devices or you know a service and so
2: and one of the things that uh, that you reminded me of when you said that you know you you prepare the parent uh, i've had parents come in and tell me you know uh, my son's going to be a doctor and, and, and everybody just looks at each other and says, no way, you know, but, but they won't tell him or her, you know, your son's reading at, you know, third grade level um, they're just, and, and, and doesn't have the capabilities or the potential to, to you know, to be a, a doctor, you know, but they, they, so they mislead the, the parent to think, well, you know, he keeps, his, let him say what he wants to, you know, I mean, we know better. But the parent really actually is, is believing that the ARD committee meeting a committee uh, is going along with him on that that you know that they they believe that too so i I just find it ironic that the the committee won't say anything you know and that's why I'm glad that you are preparing the parent to at least tell the parent you know um, what it, what's the goal for your son and if she says, well I want him to be a doctor or a lawyer you know, you need to be able to explain to her or him, um, you know, the, 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 there's other Everything things that Everything that
1: about. it takes, yes.
2: Yeah. And, yeah, and
0: but I'm, I'm glad, many... I'm, glad I'm, not, I'm not a parent, Mr. Bautista, because you would have told me that, but what, oh hell no, you see my? Like... I would have gotten a fight with you, but I'm, I'm yeah. glad I'm not a parent. But <laughs> but you're right, Ms. Bonnie, because I always tell people documentation is better than a conversation, no matter what, Yeah. anything, in any part of your life. But um, go ahead, Mr. Bautista, I'm sorry, I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs>
2: No, no, no. And, and you know, also, uh, I used to record my meetings.
1: Yes, and, that's and another thing that some I Some parents don't
2: like that, and some principals don't like that. But I used to tell the principal, look, it's not just for the, your protection, it's for my protection and the parents' protection, mm-hmm. that something comes Correct. up, uh, somebody loses a, 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 a you know, a paperwork or something, and we have that record, you know? And and to me, that's that was more important than anything else.
1: Yeah. And that's another thing that, I mean, there are several things that I recommend for parents when we sit down one-on-one to discuss. Um, But I think that one, the biggest thing that I try to work with parents is their communication skills and to really focus on their student as opposed to it's them against me or here I go, being a hypocrite. Uh, Here I go, you know, like nothing's gonna happen it's it's really working on the parent themselves um that committee is like the way i put it to parents is uh, this is not a an ego thing it's not who's smarter or who um is better or you know it's you guys are a team and the parent is the first in the law in idea the parent is the first one named as a team member and so parents have to feel confident in what they're talking about when they're at these meetings. And truly here in our city, with our Hispanic culture, we are brought up that we don't question school personnel, that we don't question decisions that they make. And I'm using like air quote signs, like they. And so um, questioning is not necessarily a disrespect it's when we ask questions is because we want to know more and the law says that us parents we have the right to be an informed participant of yeah. these meetings and so and how can we not be how can we be informed if we're not able to ask questions and so I feel that um culturally asking questions of you know these authority figures sometimes um it's hard to do. It, it's a habit. It's a it's a way of living that we're used to, and so I I tell parents like this is your team. Like you got to work with them for this whole year. So you know why are you going to stay quiet? Why are you going to fight? You know there are ways to quote unquote fight that don't necessarily involve um, you know screaming matches and. Um, all well, that I, bad
2: I, stuff. I used to tell the the, the parents, look, you, you you bring in your questions, and and, um, and and we need to answer them. But I tell them, you know, bring in questions so that you will ask. When you ask those questions, so that you're going to get information back that will, you know, be relevant to you, because mm-hmm. that's you know you're the person that that um, lives with your your child, and you're the one that needs. I, I you know, first. First of all, I would have an informal meeting. I, you know, I'd ask him, how's, how's your son doing? How is he playing baseball this year? Is he out there? You know, or is she, is she playing volleyball? Is she, you know, and then it make them feel more at ease, make them more comfortable with the setting because then they know that, you know, your, their daughter or their son, that you, you know, you take an interest in him. And then, then I'd say, you know, and, you know, you have some questions for me or for us, the committee here and. You would be surprised how much they would open up. Uh, then you know, but if you come in into a formal setting and it's just you know a lot of stuffiness in there, um, uh, th- th- then they they withdraw. You know, it, it's typical of our like you say, it's typical of Hispanic parents. You know that's the way my mom was. She didn't she tell me you know poseos having you know yo que se.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the comment and I'm going to hear Miss Bonnie when I'm, when I'm taking from the conversation. Now, I'm staying quiet because I'm the least educated in this conversation, but the the thing about the parents that like you want to empower the parents to be their own advocates regarding their child. Cause at the end of the day, the parents makes the decision. And I guess what you're trying to do and Mr. Bautista at the same time is give them information to, to facilitate their thoughts. Okay. You know what, this is best for my child in regards to their education. But like, yep. like I, I caught what you said about their ego, cause you know, they may say, "Well, my my kid's this, or my my kid's that," but when you're trying to tell them, you know what? Well, you know what? Maybe this. No, 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 no. I know better because, I think that's what you're what you're saying is, you know what? This. Think about what's the best interest for the child at the end of the day, right? Correct.
1: Yeah, and and truly, it boils down to relationships. Um, not necessarily there to make friends, but I mean, it is. I think of it as a business team you know and in business you got to remain cordial what there it's okay to disagree but it's not okay to disrespect and yeah. so um with parents um i give them the example of well not an example because you know like if i get into a shouting match with one of my sons te- with J- julian's sped teacher um Julian is the one that has to work with that teacher during the day, and I'm not there to see it. Yeah. So if, if if they have like a, how do you say it in English, uh, mala spina. you know, if I leave a bad taste in their mouth, like how are they going to treat my kid when I'm not there? That's exactly. another thing that we have yeah. to think about, you know, it doesn't hurt to swallow your pride. It doesn't kill you. You know, and what as a parent, what wouldn't you be willing to do for your child? I can definitely swallow my pride for Julia. And
2: some parents, I mean, some teachers are very ignorant. I will give you a a perfect example. When I was up in Magdalena, you know, if you're familiar with Magdalena, the reservation up there, the Indians, uh, the natives, uh, American natives, they have a completely different way of dealing with, you know, uh, with home situations. And this one teacher was out there in the hallway yelling at this kid, uh, look at me when I'm talking to you. And I'm talking to you right now, and you need to look at me. And the poor kid would just bow his head down. And and finally I told her, I said, Look, I'm sorry, but you don't understand that he's giving you the utmost respect when he bows his head. You know, that's the way that that, that they are taught. So don't be yelling at him because he's giving you the respect. I said, you know, learn something about the, their culture. And uh, she was in shock because she was from New York, of course. You know, she didn't mm-hmm. know anything about the, about the, uh, the Navajo in, uh, Indians, and and that's a kind of the same way that it happens. Especially you get some teachers who are not familiar with the culture, and they don't. You know, they come to El Paso from Wisconsin or somewhere up there in Minnesota, and they're they're used to the little gringuitos or whatever, you know, and it,
0: <laughs> our kids are
2: different our kids are different you know and, and they they even they'll say Oh, the way and you get what did you call me you know it's just saying you know <laughs> uh,
0: so, so it's just a bad what word I, but anyway yeah <laughs> what. but, yeah, but, but you the respect you, you're yeah. saying about the respect yes yeah,
1: yeah. And, and another you know in in regards to not just being culturally aware Also, each disability is different. If you tell a person with autism, you know, look at me when I'm talking to you, and so (laughs) listen to me, and so um, they're gonna say, like, do you want me to look at you or do you want me to listen to you? Because, (laughs) you know, it it can't, you can't have both.
0: It's like, like you're saying, Ms. Bonnie, I don't mean to interrupt you, sorry, Ms. Bonnie, but the same thing about visually impairment, like, you're right, each disability, like, If you're if you're uh visually impaired from 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 birth i've noticed when i when i could see that when you're born with a visual impairment you're not used to looking at the person you might turn your head towards them but not looking in their eyes whereas someone like myself where i had the visual you know the, the the i look at you in the in the face when i'm talking to you and so when they grow up they're used to not looking at the person somebody May, may think, well, they're not paying attention or like you said, maybe being disrespectful because they're not looking at me, but that's just the way because they're not used to using their vision, so to speak, or eyes to look at the person to talk or like me and Mr. Bautista, like people tell me, God, George, you're turning your head towards me when, I, when I'm when i walking around the room. I'm like, yeah, because I'm used to that normal, but with someone that's visually impaired or blind, they'll just stand there and look down like Mr. Bautista will tell you, or they'll shake their head a lot. And that's just normal for them. But for someone that doesn't, not aware, they'll be like, "What are you doing? Why aren't you looking at me?" And I think that's that's what you're saying about knowing what about that disability, like if you're hard of hearing, or if you have, or if you're on the spectrum. And so you're right, Miss Bonnie. It really entails knowing what the person's, uh, what diagnosis they have.
1: Yeah, and and being willing to listen and being uh, willing to learn um there are a lot of things that i've learned because of you mr george and um our many friends that are that are wheelchair users as well you know and those are things that we're not taught really growing up but yeah, like, right. the, the bunny oh, like one time
0: I, the, let me tell you a story real fast well not a story but a thing which you're right miss Bonnie. i learned many things from you too believe it or not and and the one thing i remember one time a friend of ours uh Mr. Torres, uh, you know him, Mr. Bautista, Raul Torres. So I'm I'm talking to him and he's in the wheelchair, you know, uses the wheelchair, and I put my arm, like, resting on this chair. But to me, it was like, okay, we're just, you know, relaxing and talking. He's like, like, hey, bro, do me a favor. I'm like, what? Don't put your arm there. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry. He goes, no, no, that's fine. He goes, but it's just because that wheelchair is, like, part of me. I'm like, oh, it, it it didn't click. So now I don't do that because that's, I have to respect that that's part of their body. But to me, it was just normal to put my arm there, just like, I'm, like, you know. And so I've learned things too. And that's what we have to understand that it's not being like, like you said, Miss Bonnie, like trying to be disrespectful when we ask questions or we say something. It's just t- trying to educate them. You know, like, for example, if someone wants to help me and I'm using my white cane, it's normal to grab my cane. Right, Mr. Belty? The people grab my cane. Oh, it's this way. I go, no, 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 please don't grab my cane. I go, yeah. why? Because that's my eyes. You're, you're, no, you're, taking my eyes away from me and like, Oh, I didn't know that. Or don't touch my dog. He's working. And it's not trying to be, yeah. I'm not getting mad. I'm trying to educate them what not to do.
2: And most people don't, don't, you know, they're, they they do not do anything intentionally uh, or on purpose, but they're just not well-educated or well-versed. And, and, uh, so my, my, my next question to you is how often do you revisit, um, uh, those that committee or the parents to see if um, their the goals are being met and, and if their their IEPs are being uh, you know in, initiated.
1: Well, for okay, so when a student has an IEP, um, just like any other student, they get a report card, right? Every nine right. weeks, right? And every three weeks, we have progress reports. And so at the nine weeks, a student with an IEP receives, or should receive, uh, a report card. They also get a progress report with their IEP goals and objectives right. every nine weeks, okay? And so if parents are not receiving that, they need to talk to their SPED teacher or diagnostician about that. And so... Um, every nine weeks we get a progress report and that will tell us what percentage of progress we we've seen, for example, first nine weeks, second nine weeks, there yeah. should be progress, you know, not just 30%, 30%, you know, we should see, I mean, even if it's 31%, the second nine weeks progress, you know, we, we want to see progress. And well, so no, if the, no, no,
2: excuse me, nowadays though, you you have that well you don't have that that same uh, opportunity but the parent has the opportunity to see the the, the grades and the d- daily progress on the computer.
1: Yes, that's that's for um, you know like their classes. Yes, their mm-hmm. their core subjects, their electives. Yes, yep. but the IEP itself, the goals and objectives, mm-hmm. parents should receive a progress report. With the list of every single goal and objective, and it should tell a parent where they're at. So, if a goal, if we have a goal that is that the student can master at seventy five percent, that's what the you know they're considering mastery level at seventy five percent. Right.
2: right. Yeah.
1: And we're after two nine weeks, we're still at thirty percent. Something is not clicking. Something, you know. Um, we, we can revisit that and so parents i make parents aware that every nine weeks they should be receiving that iep progress report not just the report card but the iep progress report yeah. Yeah. where they can see where where their student is at and 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 parents shouldn't always wait until like every nine weeks that i'm telling you that a big thing is that communication line and that relationship with that SPED teacher is crucial um, for, you know, to, to to make parents aware of where their student is at and how parents can help at home.
0: Right. It's not,
1: school isn't like just a daycare, you know, there are things that at home we have to work on to be able to have that continuity, Right so that our student is generalizing um, whatever it is that they're targeting at that moment in time.
0: And I think one of the things Ms. Bonnie that I was just talking this real briefly because this, this could go into another discussion that you know what I'm about to say is is parents in, 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 of any child with a disability. And I, I, for me, it's just my personal thing. I don't like to use special needs. I just like to say a student with a disability, but oh, the the responsibility of the parent well, I shouldn't say the responsibility, but allowing the child to grow within themselves. What I mean by that is not inhibit the child, for example, if a child wants to do this, oh no, 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 no. Don't you like me. When I was younger I'll try to do something and my tía would say, No, 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 because that's ciego. But then my mom said, No, he could like one time I was ironing and my mom was like, you know, no no big deal. My grandma came and she was getting mad at my mom. I my stop says, you know, you're letting George iron he's like, He's fine. He's not, he's not. And I learned, you know, yeah, of course, yeah. I burn myself once in a while. But what it is, I think a lot of parents, they want to shelter their child. and But at the end of the day, that's going to inhibit them from growing yeah. up as an adult.
2: Yeah. And, George, that happens because, again, the parent is not involved with the, 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 the committee. You know what I'm talking about, that one student that you yourself know, where the parent um, would feed the kid. he was already in high school and she was still feeding him and the parent is not involved that's obvious that involved with the committee and the committee is not telling her look that's that's not a skill that you be you know you need to be yeah
0: mr. Bautista is making reference folks so I think I told you the story Bunny. but for those who don't know uh, a while back me and mr. Bautista we know this family and their child was born blind and uh, the mom of course, you know when they're younger, it's was shelter, and I put it in quotes, air quotes. But um, so one day we're at some conference, I forgot what it was, and I just someone I could still see. I'm looking around, and I see him. Oh wow, he's there here, and I'm walking towards a young man, and he's already has a a little goatee, and I'm like, hey, pretty good. But I noticed that his mom, I think this time he was nineteen, eighteen, and his mom was yeah. feeding him like like literally giving him food in the mouth. So I thought oh man, he must have had a stroke, or maybe some other, you know, something happened. So I walk up to him and I ask her, I'm like, Almost eyes, and I go, what happened to your son? I won't say his name. What happened to your son? She goes, what do you mean? I'm like, why are you feeding him? She's like, oh no, because he's blind. And I'm like, I don't know what to say. I'm like, I was stunned. I'm like, he's 18 years old, she has, and I'm like, wow. And then what happens is, what happened, and then now his mom, you know, we've got, I think, how many years, Mr. Bulti, we found out like six, seven years ago, I found out, we found out that she went blind from diabetes. So now what? She's blind. He's blind. She was depending on her. And so what I'm saying is just let your child grow as they want. Of course you have to help them. If they have some physical limitations, of course, that's just obvious. But if they want to tie their shoe or, or whatever, let them, let them do it. You know, they might do it wrong, but that's fine. Because when they get to 21, 22 or when their parent passes, you know. As you've seen, this, Ms. Bonnie, what happens? Well, what George, happens to the child? <clears> one <throat>
2: yeah. that's one reason that I always advocated for students to go to the the various institutions away from home, because what you don't see doesn't bother you, what you don't see doesn't hurt you. When I left home, I went to the blind school. Uh, a lot of the treatment that I got, or you know, or mistreatment, my mom didn't see it, so she couldn't, you know, jump in and 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 and. Be my advocate she just you know just knew that i was going through the right school. and i learned and you know i learned to the discipline i know ne- i learned uh how to d- do the things that i needed to do and and uh and i think that's one of the problems that that a lot of our kids are going to the public school and the public school is not educating them um because they they don't know how and and of course they don't have the the skills behind them
0: and now you know. i do want to mention this by me um your capability. Can you tell people that catching is awesome. What you're doing about that With with that.
1: Okay. So, um okay. So, you know that I have a son, I have Julian who's 15. He's mm-hmm. on the autism spectrum and um, there's going to come a point in time where I'm not going to be here anymore. Right. right, right. And so um, I, I, start, well, with the help of many people, but I got the idea from the Youth Leadership Forum because I really wanted to have something in place um, where Julian can network and create a, a, a support network with peers that are his age. Mm-hmm. Um, those, because those are the folks that are going to be around, you know, Hopefully in a long, long time, you know, <laughs> yes, no ma'am. longer here, yeah, yeah. but you know, so that people that he, he can trust and he can depend on. Right. And but so. It, it that,
0: buddy, before you go any further, I, 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 I want to ask my mom this question, but as a parent, I couldn't ask my mom this question because it's, it's you know, I don't want to put her on a spot, but you being around all these different situations or scenarios, what is, uh, cause I know what you're going to say, you can really, um, get home, you know, hit home for someone that's listening or watching. What, what is your, I shouldn't say fear, but what is your concern that about your son that once you're not here? I mean, what's the primary concern that you have? Like, like, like is it independent living skills or what is it that you've like, in the back to your head? Like, what happened? Well, I if, think you know?
1: for, for me personally with Julian, it would be, you know, he takes things at face value so if you know you tell him I'm your friend he believes yep. it. And there are people who take advantage of people like that.
2: They do. Like yes. hey, you
1: know, I'm your friend, you know, and let's say, you know, Julian is either working or you know receiving social security benefits, you know, and somebody comes and says, "Hey, you know, I'm your friend. Let's go out to eat or let's go shopping." You know, he's going to be like, "Okay." <laughs> and so trying to have that support network to keep an eye on him in that regard you know because he struggles with the social skills and and yeah. the, uh. um reading the intention behind you know um what people <clears throat> say as opposed to what they mean and it's it, it's even tricky for me i when people say one thing but they mean another I have a hard time with that as well and so I can imagine him having an even harder time so I think that that's my biggest fear is that you know um, being taken advantage of um and being physically hurt because he I think he he would be well you know on his own he he cooks for himself he knows how to do laundry. He doesn't iron. He doesn't need to iron yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: yet. But uh, I think that that would be my my biggest thing is that for someone to take advantage of him. No,
2: well you obviously. know, you know the the thing about uh, I'll tell you something about that. Um, and and uh, I, I used to talk to Georgia's mom. You know, we talk about it, and she'd say, "You know, my my one thing that I want to make sure that." That uh, George is 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 ready to take on life and you know and 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 be able to deal with and not have to have my mother. He, she was always that way. She always made him, you know, to take a step forward. And I think that, that that's all you need to do is, is not worry because she's not there anymore, and George is not not hurting any at all. And I think if you just um uh, you know try hard not to. You know, not to to um, in, interfere with him, you know, just watch him from afar rather than right close.
1: Yeah, I think correct. You'll find yeah. it,
2: that you'll be all right. You'll be doing no, it. No,
1: yeah. Yeah. And I'm already like that with him. My, my daughters are, you know, well aware of what, how I mm-hmm. push him, you know. Yeah. And that was the whole one of the biggest things for campability. Campability is a five day thing that we have for, um, youth who are 14 years of age and up. Yeah. we have, you know, we do have presentations and we talk about self-advocacy, but we also put it into play when we go to the zoo and when we go to the movies, you know, um, where like Julian has a hard time going up and ordering stuff. And I know that a lot of our kiddos are like that. And so putting not just talking the talk, but walking the walk and putting a lot of what we're teaching yeah. them into practice. And we have a lot of fun. We have team building activities. We have icebreakers and um, Amerigroup is our our sponsor. So without Amerigroup, we wouldn't be able to you know, provide this camp for our kiddos free of charge. And we yeah. provide breakfast and lunch. And um, we, we always have a blast.
0: Now, let me ask you this, Ms. Bonnie. So, I know, like you said about the free part, that you might mention at the beginning, and if we're coming towards the end, anyways. But uh, what, for the services for the PIN project, What is there that like, um, number one, I guess, is there an application process? And number two, is there a fee? The fee
1: is $1 million. <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, actually, no. No,
1: no, no, no. Um, because we are grant funded through OSEP. Um, all of our services are completely free, and we have different workshops, webinars. We have IEP clinics uh, where we can set appointments, you know, to go over IEP. So everything that we provide is completely free. Um, there's no application part. We do have an intake form because, you know, it's a grant-funded um, organization. So there are numbers that we have to report, you know, with demographics and things like that. But there's no application. If, if somebody needs information or maybe has a question, maybe suspects a possible disability, like all they have to do is call us and um, we'll set up either an appointment, we can do in-person, we can do over Zoom, we can do FaceTime, phone call. I mean, we can always figure something out. Yeah. Can
2: that's you give us number? That yeah, the office
1: up. number, our office number is 915-259-8717. And, and we're located on the corner of um Airport Road and Butterfield Trail, like right on the corner, and we're mm-hmm. right next to the spectrum. Or formerly known as Time Warner. But, that building, yeah, we're right next. And to by
0: her. the way, the information for the for the pen purchase also is, 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 can't talk it is on our <laughs> website www.theaccessibilitycorner.com, dot why, why don't you give the office? You give your cell number. Anyway, anyways, Beto, look, <laughs> Before we leave, Ms. Bonnie and Mister Baltiza, do you want to have any parting words?
2: No, no. I just want to thank, uh, be especially uh, give her. Uh, a special thanks for for you know uh, um in, including us in her with her knowledge because she uh, you know she brought in some information that i was not uh familiar with and i think a lot of special ed teachers would benefit from that and that's why i was asking for her number and all that um but i'm thankful and i appreciate you you know you coming to the show and uh, i wish you good luck with your son i'm i'm sure that he will be very successful i have a a, a grandson who who is part, uh, partially autistic, and um, he's working for Verizon. So he's, you know, they can do things. They oh, can yeah. do uh, things. Yeah. How about so, you, Ms.
0: Bani?
1: Thank you. Thank you so much, Mr. George and Mr. Bautista for the opportunity. Um, parting words for parents would be, you know, learn. Never stop learning. Never stop exactly. learning. Yeah. There's always yeah. webinars. There's always workshops conferences, you know, um, be a sponge and, you know, and remember that I know it's morbid, like really, like kind of sad. And I always get a knot in my throat when I say this, but you know, you're not going to be here forever. So what are you doing right now? That's going to help your child?
0: Absolutely, and they're in,
1: mm-hmm. an adult, and you know they're in in that situation. So
0: exactly, and as to- I, I want to put you on the spot, but thank you for what you do, and you know being that that pinpoint of people that when they're in distress, like what do we do, and and you know not as a director, but what you've done, you know within the when your original coordinator and now, and now it is that allowing your son to grow, and be his own. Cause I see the post you do, you know regarding your son. So that, that, to me. You're a prime example of what a, what a parent should do regarding allowing their child to develop within themselves and that not to I guess attest to cultural like, oh, cito, he's blind or cito, tenes, or leave him alone. And because I remember uh, years ago, one of my mom's friends, I knew her for Miss Bonnie. I knew this lady for 20 years and I always thought she only had two kids. She actually had three. Uh-huh. One of them I had a mental disability. I didn't know this. So one day I'm sitting in their home and I see the curtain that, in one of the rooms, it had a curtain in the, in the doorway. And then one day I see the curtain move. And I'm like, I kind of have to by ourselves. And I asked my mom, and you know, we're going home. I go, mom, I saw the curtain move. Is, is the house haunted? You know, just, she'll know me, oh, that's the other daughter. The other daughter? What? She goes, yeah, you know, when she was younger, I'm like, why did she come out? No, cause you know, they don't want people to see her because they're embarrassed by her. I'm like wow, that's amazing that, you know, they would do that to the poor child. But what I'm saying for you, Ms. Bonnie, I appreciate what you do. You know, your, many of your play basketball at one time, a while back, but you know, it, what, I, what I'm, the reason I'm saying this folks, and I want people to hear this, and I'll always emphasize this, me myself growing up with a disability, Mr. Bautista growing up with a disability, as you see me and Mr. Bautista, we were kind of independent, we we're successful in our own way, because our our parents, you know, do it. Go out there by yourself. If you get hurt, come back home. But if not, later. And that's what we need to do. And like how you're saying, as Bonnie, I hate to say that too, but you're not going to be here. I'm not going to be here, Mr. Bautista. And but. I'm going to be here. Well, yeah, he's kind of he's old, so never mind. But <laughs>
2: you know what by I'm way, saying George, George, George let, let me just in, 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 uh, interrupt you for one second. I just want to tell her. Um, Bonnie, if if you ever need or want uh, one of us or uh, both of us, or you know, to to attend and 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 do a presentation and speak uh, on 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 what we you know have accomplished or what we know that might help them, please, uh, the parents especially, please uh, don't hesitate. Of course, ask.
1: yes, thank you so much for that offer, Mr. Bautista. We've had uh, I've had George present at one of the conferences that we have annually. Um, but I'm gonna hold you to that for for <laughs> sure. So uh, that, 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 it, you know, we have it recorded, so it's <laughs> but when <laughs> oh, I, oh I think was,
0: and, and this is another point before the one I want to make is is it falls into different categories when I mean what I'm about what I'm about to say. When when, when people with disabilities go into life, into the regular life, like you know, quote unquote you know, their the real life. You know there's barriers there's gonna be barriers no matter what but perception is the biggest one and th- what i find more amazing is is like me and mr baltese is very uh, uh obvious that we're visually impaired we either have a guide dog or we use a white cane but someone that has an internal diagnosis like autism or uh, even the tbi or even whatever it is they look quote-unquote normal But their behavior is different and I think that's where the law problems. As a matter of fact, I just saw a report, uh, a news report last week about uh, a young man with autism. He got shot some, I forgot where it was, because he couldn't communicate with the officers because he was nonverbal. and but yet they look at him and he looks normal but he's behaving different where like if me and Mr. Bautista they see us, oh you know he's he's blind so he, he can't recognize who it is and I think that's what's important is too that you know I think someone with a non-visual or non-obvious, I guess that's the best way to put it, disability, it's harder for them to participate in life because sometimes they don't have those skills. It's not because they don't have it, because they they can't develop it because of their diagnosis. And I think that's a, with your leadership, I mean, with Bonnie and others, I think that helps the community understand that, okay, this is what's going on. Or, okay, that's what's going on. That's why I appreciate you coming on and telling about your son educating us, yeah. mm-hmm, educating us because that's what the this is what our intent for this show is to educate people on the different resources in the community and the pin project folks is a good resource and if you have a child that you feel needs assistance ask and it's free you know it's so, totally
1: free yes exactly
0: yeah and i charge donuts but other than <laughs> that <but. laughs> thank you miss bonnie for coming on the saturday because i know you're going to a, a, a picnic later on mr bautista Oh, we got to return, Mr. Oh, Mr. Bautista, your, your time in, your signing time for the nursing home is coming up pretty quick. So, anyway. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I oh, take my gosh,
1: George, yeah. you never stop. <laughs> uh, so,
0: well, Ms. Bonney, you know, I love and respect you, Mr. Bautista. You have a good day, sir, and we'll see Thank everyone you. next time. Thank you, Ms. Bonney. Appreciate it.
1: Thank you, sir. Y'all have a happy Saturday.
0: Me too. Bye, Thanks. Mr. Baltista. Bye.
2: Bye-bye.